You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today, let's go ahead and break down the pros and the cons of the hiring of DJ Durkin. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, LockedOnPodcast.com. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one app for your financial system. Go visit NetSuite.com slash LockedOn for a special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system in growing businesses today. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. Name right down there below for those of you watching on YouTube. Give me a follow at Mr. Cole Thompson. I love public feedback. So whatever you want to hear, tell me what you like, what you hate. You know, I've actually done that. One of the biggest episodes that we've had on the show so far was brought up by an early guest. Do early enrollees and what I think of the players and who I think are going to have an immediate impact. That was actually our biggest episode this past week, and I want to continue with that. So whatever you want to hear, leave a comment down in the YouTube section. Tell me on the podcast. Message me on social media, and we will get that going. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 main related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I got you guys' notes. Trust me, there's going to be a little bit more that we're talking about, but you guys want to hear the main part, part really early on. Let's go ahead and break this down. DJ Durkin, now the defense coordinator at Texas A&M. There is a lot of pros. There are as many cons. That's kind of the middle ground of where we're at. That's the biggest problem. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with the pros. DJ Durkin, he knows the SEC. He knows the SEC very well from his time at Florida and with his time at Ole Miss. So he has experience there. He also knows how to coach at a major program. Florida was a massive program, especially when they went from Urban Meyer to Will Muschamp. The results weren't that great, but the actual program still was afloat. It was actually probably still at its pinnacle point at the time before they went after, you know, Muschamp and then McElwain and then um, uh, Mullen and now Napier. They're all trying to get back to that Urban Meyer-esque level and they haven't been able to. But I would say when Durkin was there, it was at the pinnacle point. Then... In his first season at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, the Wolverines had 10 wins. They were a 10-win team, and a lot of that was due to the defensive front. The defense actually was the best part of that team, and it ultimately led to DJ Durkin getting the uh, head coaching job at Maryland. So he's coached at the highest level of major programs, and he's had success with those programs. I mean, take this for a second. When he was with Florida... He absolutely was phenomenal. He he really was. My, uh, when Meyer, quote-unquote, retired for the first time, uh, he was retained by Muschamp. He was asked to stay on staff. He actually got promoted later on to defensive coordinator, and his defense ranked 8th nationally in yards per game, 15th in points per game, and even though they lost 8 games, they still were in the top 10 in almost, almost every major category. The following year, when Muschamp was fired, they ranked 15th in yards per game, 20th in scoring defense, allowing 21.1 points per game, and Durkin actually served as the interim head coach during the 2014 season for their bowl game before eventually going over to Michigan a year later. When he was at Michigan, kind of very similar results. The team had a very good start, 41-3. They ranked fourth in the nation in yards per play, and they ranked third in the nation in yards per game at 280.7. They finished off the year with a 41-7 win over, you guessed it, that would be naturally uh, Florida in that bowl game. So, 
wherever he's been, he's gotten results. I don't want to consider, I don't want to take anything away from that. And I do want to throw this in. The reason why I think that this is a really smart hire in terms of production is because of you look at the defenses of where he was, Florida and Michigan. Michigan had players. They had dogs underneath Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke just never was unable to unleash them. And then when you look at uh, Florida, Florida's been known just for defense. I mean, if you really want to go right now, it's offense has been like the big storyline. But for years and years and years, Florida was known as defense. DBU, um, linebacker U at one point, defensive line U at one point. They just make defenders. Like that's left and right, defense, defense, defense. That was what the team was. So he had good players while there. The problem was you never saw him really transform a defense. They were just kind of there. He recruited a lot of them, at least at Florida. Michigan, he only was there for a year, so I mean, it really didn't matter. But at Florida, he recruited those guys. But he wasn't the play caller. And then he goes to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss's defense is bad. I mean, Ole Miss, if you go back and watch the 2020 season, Ole Miss's defense is absolutely horrendous. They were one of the worst, not in the SEC, not in the Southern region, in the nation. They allowed 38.3 points per game, which ranked them 118th in the country. They allowed over 519 yards per game. That was second to last, only behind North Texas, who allowed 522. The numbers dramatically changed. Now, don't get me wrong. They weren't perfect, but they dramatically changed. 519 to 429. So almost a... um, Almost a 100-yard difference. Uh, regular season, they also had, uh, you look at uh, the 20 points per game. They allowed uh, they allowed, they won 10 games because of their defense. Uh, they actually held the best offense in the Big 12 uh, to 21 points and uh, only 40 yards through the air. So, like, like, so the pass defense actually played pretty, pretty well. And I look at this team as a whole and I'm like, okay, well, you got to look at the positives here. So... He took a defense that had very similar players. I mean, Sam Williams, A.J. Finley, all those guys. And he maintained the same level of consistency and got better results. The team allowed, I think, 31 points, so about a touchdown less in points per, I mean, in total points per game. Not great, but better. And then also, now the other kicker, over 100 yards less per game. And there were some games that they absolutely played phenomenal. And there were some games where they looked like crap. I mean, if you want my opinion, and I know AM fans are going to hate this, um, they kicked AM's ass. Like they, they basically did. The defense did its job with two interceptions, including the pick six, that ultimately did swing the momentum in the Oxford team's favor to get them to 10 wins. So Jimbo Fisher saw that. And Jimbo Fisher also has faced off against DJ Jerkin before, not just in the SEC, but also when he was at Florida State, they had a really good game. Florida dominated that game, actually. If I'm not mistaken, that was one of the first years that he was there. So he saw straight up how good of a coordinator and how good of a play caller DJ Durkin is. So that's a good thing. Now, here's my second part of like the good thing, and then we'll move on to the negatives after this, but because trust me, I, I have a lot. I have a lot, a lot of negatives. But let's start with the first thing. Uh, he's not going to be the only play caller, and the defense is not changing. So anyone out there who, you know, I, I wrote an article at allaggies.com. Go ahead and check out that website. Not too long ago talking about why I think DJ Durkin would make sense, but why I don't think he would at the same time. Uh, they ran a six defensive back system at Ole Miss. They ran a three front, two linebacker, six defensive set. Nine times out of 10, you just call it a dime formation. They ran six defensive backs, two nickels. And everyone said, well, why would we go get a guy 
who runs a six defensive back set. Because I also thought that Zach Arnett should have been in, in coordination. I thought that um, that him and Jim Lenhard probably were the two names that I would have been the most excited about. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Dirk, Durkin is great. But the reason why they ran a six defensive back set was not because Texas A&M wanted. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, not because he wanted to run a six defensive back set. Lane Kiffin, the head coach at Ole Miss, said, we are running a six defensive back set. You're going to go ahead and design the play. And the good thing about this is that Durkin is interchangeable. When he was at Michigan, they ran a 3-4. They ran a two outside linebacker set before Don Brown came in and they switched the system up to a 4-3. They ran with two standing linebackers. When he was at Florida, they ran a traditional base 4-3. So he's been around the block and has played in a multitude of different systems. And when he was at Maryland, he also was really big into the 4-2-5, which is what Texas A&M runs. So no one out there who's going to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, they're changing up the defense. They're not. Especially when you have guys like Gabriel Brownlow, Dindy, Walter Nolan, potentially Shamar Turner coming in. Uh, I mean, Shamar Stewart coming in. You have Shamar Turner. You have Padil Diggs. You have OC. You have all these defensive linemen. You're not going to take away one of these defensive linemen. That's not what's going to happen. The other good news, in my opinion, he's a co-defensive coordinator. That's the kicker. He's a co-defense coordinator. The real news is Tyler Santucci, the linebackers coach, is also moving up about this, I mean, moving up to now being the co-defense coordinator. So not only do you have a new coach coming in who has been successful, we have to give him credit there, he has been successful, but you also have a coach coming in and getting quote-unquote promoted because co-defense coordinator, I mean, he's not really going to have anything different besides maybe a little bit of a pay raise, but you have a guy that players trust and believe in. So the reality is that Durkin is the veteran and Santucci is basically training to become his own code, uh, his own lead defense coordinator somewhere else. Maybe it is at AM, you know, when Durkin gets hired as a head coach next year, if that's possible. And we'll talk about why I don't think that will happen. But um, when you add in a guy who's already been on staff and you say to yourself, yeah, we're good. We're, we feel really comfortable with both of these two here. That's a good sign. That's a very, very, very good sign for the future of the organization. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat kind of falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because of your relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system with your power growth. NetSuite is offering everything that you can in one place from HR to inventory, financials, budgeting, and planning. With NetSuite, you can automate your process and close your books in no time while staying ahead of the competition. Over 28,000 businesses have already signed up for NetSuite. So it's a new year, a new you. NetSuite has a brand new financing system for you ready to upgrade great at netsuite.com slash locked head on over to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one cloud financial system with growing businesses netsuite.com slash locked my name is cole thompson you guys already know that and i am the host of lock on aggies and i have an incredible app for you that everyone needs to know because of gas prices are getting so high it's getting out of control just go ahead and use the get upside my listeners are making up to 25 uh, 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get upside app at the store or the google play app use promo code score for college and get a bonus 25 cent per gallon off your first fill up that's 50 cents off of cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using upside with score as your app on the get upside app remember it's score for college and get 50 cents gallon back on your first tank that code is score for college locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network thank you so much for making your first listen every day 
iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, Lock On Podcast. The cons of hiring DJ Durkin. I'm going to start off with the main one that everyone already knows. He killed a kid. He killed a kid. That, to me, is automatically a problem. I get it. It happens. Football, heat stroke, he killed a kid. Jordan McNair's death is on DJ Durkin. I don't know how else to say it. It's on the staff at Maryland. It's on every single one of those coaches that could have said no. It's also on DJ Durkin. And that is something that Durkin will have to live with for the rest of his life. And that is why I don't think he will ever become a head coach again. I don't. We live in a time and we live in a period where basically you do anything wrong, you're in trouble. Cancel culture, whether or not you believe it's real or you think it's stupid, does exist. It does. But when that happens, that becomes a major, major, major problem. I think the biggest part and the biggest concern right now that I have with a guy like DJ Durkin is not that he killed somebody. It's that you got to remember, he was retained afterwards. And then after he was retained because he was put on the ministry leave, he was reinstated. Fans and boosters and um, and uh, media across the country gave so much backlash to Maryland. They they completely reamed into them. I mean, pounded away on them, saying, "How dare you? You are an insult of an institution. You are a bum. I can't believe you allow this to happen." And Maryland caved and they said, "You know what? You're right. We got to fire him." And they did. And they brought in Mike. Slo- they brought in Mike Loxley, and Loxley took over, and that was the case. It was done. I think that that's a big problem. I do. Because of the last thing you want. And the good news is that he's not a head coach. So Jim Fisher will say, knock it the off and done. But that is something that is going to linger with his name. And that is something that's not going to go away. Jordan McNair's death is on him. It is. And A&M is going to have to deal with that public backlash. And I'm going to promise you when we get to talk to him or when you know it's brought up in conversation with Jimbo, that will be a question that will be addressed. It will. Now, again, there's a lot to like about him from a coaching standpoint, his adaptability, his ability to recruit. He's a very well-known recruiter. I mean, I, I think a lot of people kind of forget that he actually is a very, very, very good recruiter, and he likes what he does, which was a big deal of probably adding him into the conversation. But I look at the outcome, and I also look at what happened with Ole Miss. Ole Miss's defense, yeah, it did improve. It did but it didn't by much. And AM is coming off of back-to-back years where they were one of the best defenses in college football. They were one of the best defenses in uh, the SEC. They finished top 10 in almost every single category that was, you know, of relevance in the last two years in some capacity, whether it be passing yards or, you know, or, 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 uh, or ru- uh, rushing yards allowed or touchdowns or fewest penalties or most third-down conversions. In the last two years, they ranked somewhere in the top 10. And you keep TJ rushing, and you keep Elijah Robinson, and you keep um, you keep uh, Tyler Santucci, and you keep the most of your staff on. You know, you keep most of your staff, which is good. But you are also having a guy that you're going to have to listen to that has allowed in the last two years over 400 yards of offense. And A and M is not going to deal with that. You don't recruit this much talent and then think over time, okay, yeah, we're going to be able to, you know, we better sustain it. So. I feel like it's also a little bit of a vetting system. I feel like that Fisher trusts that Durkin will get better results because it's better players, very similar to what happened at Michigan and Florida. But what if it doesn't? What if AM regresses because 
Durkin just doesn't have it. I mean, you got to keep in mind, yes, Ole Miss improved. Nobody's going to deny it. Ole Miss improved. But improve, to me, is like allowing 21 points per game after allowing 30, 38 not 32, 31. That's, that's not improving. That's just slowly getting better. Improving is what Mike Elko did. A&M under Kevin Sumlin was horrendous defensively. I will never forget. I was still a student at Alabama, and it was one of my very first... Uh, no, it was, my, it was midseason at that point. But the 59 nothing game, I was at that game, where Kenny Hill sucked, where A&M just couldn't get anything rolling, and by halftime, it was like 42 nothing. The second stringers were coming in. Defensively, they were bad, and they had been bad. And then Mike Gogo comes in, and that's their strength. And then Wrecking Crew 2.0 comes involved, and you have all those conversations. And that's, I think, positive. But I do look right now, and it's hard for me to process it. It's hard for me to consider that there weren't better options out there. And that's where the real kicker is, is Jimbo Fisher likes his guys. Jimbo Fisher has seen more. And the reality is that I can only say from the outside looking in that, yeah, what he did at Ole Miss maybe is a little underachieving. But at the same time, maybe when looking at the staff as a whole, it actually is overachieving. I mean, they didn't really add that many names in the transfer portal. They didn't have that many names in recruiting last year. And Durkin did get better results. I mean, they did get better. Nobody's going to deny that. But Jim Lenhart has been one of the best defense coordinators, and you have over $2 million you can spend. You have the success of what you saw at Baylor. I would have hired Baylor's defense coordinator. Look at Houston. Houston sucked. I mean, they were god-awful in the first half. I mean, the second half of that Texas Tech game. And after that Texas Tech game, they were one of the best defenses in college football. You want to call Doug Belt? He was getting paid $1 million. Offer him $1.5. Offer him $1.7. Offer him all that. And you still would have kept Tyler Santucci. You still would have kept Elijah Robinson. You still would have kept TJ Rushing because you just would have hired a guy who was 90 minutes up the road. I just feel like there were better options out there for the likes of Texas A&M, the DJ Jerkin. So what do I grade the hire? I give it a B. And I give it a B and I almost give it a B- minus because of the pros do outweigh the cons. But the one major con is the biggest one out there that's going to be a glaring issue with Texas A&M for a very long time. It's going to be addressed. It's going to be brought up. People don't forget, and more so, I hate to be this guy, people always bring it up on newscasts. I mean, like, trust me, when I work, I work in this business. I, I literally go to games. I'm in press conferences. Um, I've worked behind the scenes. I've been uh, a you know, I've been a, uh, a spotter for a broadcast team. And you can hear every single time, and there's DJ Durkin on the sideline. Durkin, probably best known for his time at Michigan before he uh, went to Maryland. And uh, unfortunately, things went south when the death of Jordan McNair. They bring it up. It always comes up in conversation. And, and nobody cares that's brought up week after week after week. It's always brought up. So that's going to be a lingering dart that hangs over AM's head. But in return, he's been at major programs. He's been successful at major programs. And... A&M is not changing its formation for Durkin. Durkin has to learn A&M's formation to be the coordinator. So Jimbo Fisher has a winning formula, and he is staying in control of that. The fact that Jimbo Fisher is having a voice or something involved, that is major for the hire. So I give it a B. I give it a solid B. I think there were better options out there, but there certainly were worse as well. 
This episode of the Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The national championship is right around the corner, and the college—I mean, the NFL playoffs are soon to come. So go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. A new year, a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive 50% of a welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football to basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games, stop staying on the sideline and get into the action with BetOnline.ag. Where the game starts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Now make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets with your team and handicap expert Easter. If you have picks, odds, wagers, and much, much more when you visit the Locked On Bets Podcast. Presented by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So let's go ahead and talk about one quick thing. Uh, that would be the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Now, two Aggies have been represented, and they will be playing in that game in Pasadena, California. And we're going to do our best to go ahead and get both of them on at some point. Jaden Peavy, defensive tackle, and left tackle Jameer Johnson will have the opportunity to show out in front of scouts one more time before the NFL Combine, hopefully getting invited and then going for their pro days. I really like this for both of these players because PB came back for an extra year when Bobby Brown elected to go pro, and it did make a difference. You saw the disruption on the line of scrimmage, especially with the run defense. He was one of the better run stoppers Texas A&M had. And you found stability at left tackle when Jameer Johnson was out there. He wasn't a perfect left tackle, but he was good enough to get the job done. And I do think that when you look back over the, at his overall pressures, he was probably more consistent than some of the other offensive linemen in several games. So... I don't know where he fits. Maybe he's like a swing tackle at the next level, a low end, you know, a low end pick with tremendous upside. I would love to see him go to a team that needs depth at the offensive line position. I think that'd be great. If he can go ahead and have a very solid day, I honestly think that he could be a very nice late addition to an NFL team. I do think that Jaden Peavy will be selected probably somewhere on day three, maybe as high as the fourth round, maybe as low as the sixth round, seventh round. Both of these guys, I feel like have the opportunity to make some money. And you never know. Injuries happen all the time at the Senior Bowl. Injuries come with the uh, with the Tropicana Bowl or uh, whatever it's called. Um, the, the the Shrine Game, the Shrine Game out in uh, St. Pete. So there's an opportunity because if they played so well in those games, the staffs at the Senior Bowl and the staffs at the uh, Shrine Game are sitting there and going, "I want that kid. I want that guy to come see me. And if I get this guy, then maybe I think the NFL scouts are going to be more impressed. It's happened before. I've gone to the Senior Bowl." five times. So this will be my sixth year going. It's happened before and it works. It does work. So I do think of that as something to keep a close eye on. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Lockdown Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com. And of course, listen every single day at the Locked On Podcast Network. On tomorrow's show, Anaya Smith coming back to Texas A&M. What does this mean for the wide receiver core? And also, what does this mean for the upcoming NFL draft? Where would he have fallen? What teams I think he would have done, you know, fit with? We'll go into all that and much, much more. See you tomorrow. And remember, you know, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.